When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Welcome into the program, everyone. This is, of course, Red Sox Beat. My name is Jared Skelly. I am joined by, again, of course, Jess Thomas. Um, I'm going to get this animal, uh, this bug out of the room, I guess that's what you want to say, monkey out of the room, whatever you want to call it. Uh, before we get going here, just want to make a little quick programming announcement that we will potentially trying to be adding a second show come the start of the season. Second show week, maybe figure that one out. Just try to get if if the uh, demand's there for it. So it's up to you, really, if you want a second show or not. Just uh, keep listening and subscribing and all that good stuff, and potentially get a second show going. Other note: um, Jess Thomas will be joining me full time as co-host here on Red Sox Beat, filling in for Nate. Um, don't need to get into the details. Just we know that uh, Nate, Nate will no longer be doing the show with me, and uh, obviously he'll he'll still be in charge of the written coverage. So check out his work there as well, and obviously you can contact him on Twitter and stuff like that. But Jess will be my new co-host from here on out for the rest of the season, um, once we have a season anyway. Uh, so, Jess, welcome for good now. Well, thanks. It's it's fun to be full-time. I, I like full-time stuff. Yeah, full-time's fun. <laughs> keeps us keeps us on our toes. Keeps us busy. That's right. Especially in the midst of all this snow. Ugh. Yeah. I don't want to talk about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get started, just a friendly reminder that, of course, this show of Red Sox Beat is brought to you by lynda.com. Um Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with the free 10-day trial to lynda.com. It's used by millions of people around the world and has over 4,500 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every week. Uh, so if you want to get a 10-day free trial, go to lynda.com backslash CLNS. It's L-Y-N-D-A, not L-I. So go on there and check that out and get the free 10-day trial to get going and get those uh, New Year's resolutions that just quite out of sparked yet. I know it's almost March, but, you know, some people get to wait around to get those things going. So if you want to get that going, go on there and check it out. It's good stuff. Um, that being said, all the, that stuff out of the way. Uh, Jess, I've uh, got a lot to talk about today. With spring training right around the corner, starting end of the week. Pitchers and catchers reporting on the 20th. Um, Truck day was Thursday. The truck got re- arrived in Fort Myers, Florida, at JetBlue Park this morning, I believe. And I saw nice pictures of Florida. It was sunny and not a cloud in the sky, and I'm jealous. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like everything's happening right now because we're busy with a lot of that. 
the white snow out there is overtaking the world. Well, our world at least. So a little <laughs> hard to picture anything baseball wise right now, but we can we can fake it. Yeah, we can fake it all we want up here until until opening day comes. Who knows if the Fenway will even be ready for opening day at this point? Um, the way it's been snowing, I'm starting to wonder. I don't. I, don't I, I think it could be. It could be ugly. It could be an issue. Um, I saw a stat in terms of Boston that we, we need like 10 more inches in the city of Boston to be the snowiest winter of all time in the history of the city. Yep. And I'm not. I won't be surprised if that comes. I think we're getting like another six inches in the city tomorrow morning. Oh, it's really that three, much. Three, I, maybe, I, maybe three to six, but either way, it's slowly creeping up to that ten inches we need to become the worst winter in history, according to the snow. Yeah, we're already third, and, so uh, it's, I'm sure it will happen, but I don't, I'm just going to act like it's never going to happen again. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not fun up here not de- dealing with this stuff. Um, that being said, spring training is, of course, right around the corner. A lot to talk about. Uh, if you're happy or not with your Red Sox team, uh, I know most of us aren't happy with the way the red rotation is at this point, but don't worry, I think they have a plan. In my opinion, I think they have a plan. I'm happy it, with it, that. Their, their plan is stay where they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going anywhere with this. But kind of leading to where I'm going to talk about next is that the Red Sox apparently reportedly, according to the Boston Globe, have made an offer for Cole Hamels. Now, that offer has not been reported. It's not been disclosed to the public or any members of the media, really, just to report that the Red Sox have contacted Philly and have made an official offer. Now, we know that that offer does not involve any prospects. That offer was strictly major leaguers, and that basically tells me the Red Sox aren't that gung-ho about doing it because obviously you don't want to give up the prospect. You don't want to give up a Blake Swihart. You don't want to give away, give up a Henry Owens and that kind of thing. They're pretty set on not giving up Mookie Betts, it looks like, even though I would consider doing that for Cole Hamels. They want, they want to give up some of the, give, get rid of some of the major league talent on their roster, and they want Philly to take it. And I don't think Philly's going to take it because it seems like Philly's pretty gung-ho in getting some young guys in return, and Boston's pretty gung-ho in not giving up their young guys. So, Jeff, this might be a stalemate, and as much as the report's out, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I think it's basically the Red Sox just going through the motions. They're saying, okay, we'll make you an offer, and so we're showing that maybe, maybe we want your pitcher, Cole Hamels, but we're really not willing to give anything up for him, so you're either going to have to just get less than you want and give them up if you really want to give them up or forget it because we're not giving you anything, which I think is smart because I don't think they should give him, give the Phillies what they want because they always want way too much. This has happened year after year. They always just kind of stall on trades because they don't, they they never want the proper thing. They always want way too much. No one ever does it. They, so they just keep their same players and then, and then they don't really move forward. And right now, that they haven't been a t- good team for a couple of years. So, not really sure what direction they're going in. But I see that there's uh, three other teams that were supposedly giving him offers, but none of them were reported or identified in the report. Yeah. So it's just the Red Sox right now, and it's clearly not going to happen because the Red Sox aren't going to give up prospects. So, just basically pointless at this point, from what I can see. Yeah. The report that came out is basically saying that the Red Sox, like you said, Jess, are going through the motions. They're, they're, it's stupid. They're, they're basically sitting here, okay, the fans want an ace. We're going to make it look like we're trying to get an ace, but then we're not going to actually get one because we don't want to give up anything that would require to do that. And I think it's just the Red Sox trying to get save some face here in terms of 
make showing they made the effort, but I think they're pretty gung ho in being set with going to the spring training starting Friday with what they have and going through. And may, potentially you might see a deal in the uh, later in the season by the trade deadline if you think you really need an ace and you really want to push for that World Series. But I think they want to see what they have and see where they can go because if they can get through a season with this rotation and rely on that offense, they might do that. Or if they have a good team and then that ace might put them over the top to go for a World Series, they might do that. But I think they just want to see what they have. They put together a solid rotation of threes and so maybe one, two in Rick Porcello. I don't know what you have in Clay Buckles this year because no one knows what you're going to have in Clay Buckles until you, he starts pitching again. And what we've had the last couple of years has been horrific. So if he can get his stuff back, he could potentially be another a solid two option. But I think the Red Sox need Nace to win a World Series. I really do. I don't think you can win a World Series with the staff. But I think the Red Sox organization and Charrington are just waiting to see if they're, if they're, if it's worth it to give up these prospects if they really are in a chance of winning a World Series this year. Because if they're not, then then it's a waste to get, go get Cole Hamels. So I, I think they really kind of wait this one out. Um, I think from a Phillies point of view, Jess, I, I just really think that until Cole's ha- Cole, Cole Hamels is gone, they're not really going to move anybody else. I think once Cole Hamels gets shipped out of that town, then you might see a John the Palabon go. You might see a Ryan Howard get out of there. And they have some decent talent in that team still, and they, they, they really should gut it out and rebuild. And I think Ryan Howard would be great for a contender. I think he's just wasting away there in Philly. And as much as I don't like John the Palabon anymore and his what he brings to a locker room, I think he's great in terms of his talent still. I think he can bring a decent closing mentality to a contender. And I just... I just think the Phillies are really holding out all these stars for the rest of the league because I think they're too stubborn. And I think they just need, and obviously it's their future, and I get it, but I think they're being stubborn with this. But I think the Cole Hamels is the domino they're waiting to fall before anyone else kind of gets shipped out of that town too. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea for them to be asking for so much. They need to just move through their process and figure out how to be a good team again. And I don't think they're doing it the right way, but I mean, who am I to say that? But I just, I don't like what they're doing. Nor do I really care because I care about the Red Sox, not the Phillies. So back on back on the Red Sox thing here, you said they can't win a championship without an ace. I disagree. I think they can because I think that these guys that they have right now are going to realize that it's their time. Clay Buckles has got to realize at some point, and I hope it's this year, that he could and should be the ace of this team and pitch really well, pitch like he's pitched in the past and when he's good and really take control of the team because he's been on the team for eight years. This is his time to shine. If he can have a great year, then he could totally be an ace. Rick Porcello could be a fantastic two, and then filling it out with three guys who are very capable of having success with Joe Kelly, Wade Miley, and Justin Masterson. I don't see any reason you can't have a good team with those guys plus a great batting order. So I don't think there's any reason to do anything else. Maybe if something doesn't work out during the season, like you said, then try to get somebody at the trade deadline. But for now, I just don't see... Any point in doing anything, I say go with what you have, see how it works, and I think you got multiple guys who could be an ace. I'm with you on the set mindset of don't do anything right now because you don't want to get to the point where you you trade all these prospects away to get, say, just for example, using the, the report in Cole Hamels, you don't want to do that because then you might get later down in the season and go, oh, we don't really need him because we're not there yet. Or a couple of years down the road, oh, we shouldn't have traded for Cole Hamels because we, didn't really, we don't really need him yet. And Look, I'm all for trading for an ace. I think I'd rather Jordan Zimmerman, if you're the Red Sox, than Cole Hamels. And I don't think Cole Hamels is coming to the city, but you never know. But I do, I do think that they, I do think it'd be very tough to win with the rotation they have now, unless someone really does step up and take a really dominant ace role in this rotation. Look, I, I, I think the biggest wild card in this lineup, in this rotation, is hands down Clay Buckles. Despite all the 
people you brought in, and despite all the pitches you have, you don't know what you're getting out of Joe Kelly, which I think will be a good year, by the way. But I, I think the biggest wild card is still Col- uh, Clay Buckholz, and I think if you can get Clay Buckholz to return to even a half of what he was in earlier in his career when he was pitching well and throwing that no-hitter, you're going to get something better out of him, and you might be able to have a solid top two in Buckholz and Rick Porcello. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's that's that's what it is. If these guys pitch to their abilities, then you don't need somebody else. If they don't, clearly you do, because they all have potential to be average pitchers as well. But I don't know if it's the optimist in me, or if it's just by following these guys throughout the, their careers, and obviously watching Buckholz. Buckholz has had people hide behind his whole career, and now he doesn't. So I think, it's, I think something's going to finally click in his mind. I'm over 30 years old. I actually can be the ace of the staff of this team that I've been on for eight years, which is a long time. I think something's going to finally click for him, and if he can just take care of himself, I think he's, I think he's poised for a great year. Oh, man, do I hope you're right. I really hope I'm right, too. <laughs> I am so sick of Clay Buckholz is not pitching to his potential. Because we, we've seen him. We've seen flashes of it. We've seen full seasons of him pitching well. And I just feel like maybe another year with Farrell, I think another year just being the guy. Because once they traded him away, once they traded the rest of his friends away and his teammates away last year, deadline, and John Lester, Lackey, and all these guys, and even Felix Dubron, if you want to count him into the mix, too, it's I, now, he starting then, he was the guy. And he had half a season of it, but then it, it was half a season that didn't matter. It was half a season with young guys pitching behind him, but those games didn't matter. We all know they didn't matter. Now he's starting fresh, full season. He's going into his first full spring, spring training as the leader of the staff. And I think even how he pitches in spring training and how he takes young guys and his new teammates under his wing during spring training is a big deal because it's going to show what you're going to get from him throughout the season. I think he's going to grow throughout the season in terms of being a leader and a veteran presence. But I think starting, it all starts Friday when pitchers and catchers officially report. I think the majority of them are already down there. But I think officially once workouts get going, you're going to, you're going to have to see something big from Clay Buckholz to really understand what he's going to bring as a veteran leader to this team. Yeah, he really needs to show it right from the beginning. He's got to he's got to be consistent. He's got to show them, all right, I've I'm the leader of this of this pitching staff. I've been here the longest by a ton and this this you guys are all going to follow me. You're going to follow my lead. This is how we're going to do things. He's got to do that. He can't just sit back and be like, "Oh, I guess we'll you know, we'll do something and maybe we can we can we can pitch and like be all lazy about it." He's got to he's got to show some leadership. He really does and Oh, I question it so hard. I question it so much. No, it's definitely. I mean, it is questionable. It's. It's. He hasn't really given us that much of a reason to think that he would do this. But I don't know. I just, just with how long he's been here, I just. I suddenly has to click in his mind. I just feel like it has to. But this is the last year. He's got to figure it out this year. If he just gets hurt for another three fourths of the year, or has a, a five point five ERA, or any of that stuff, like okay, it's been long enough. I think. At that point, you can't rely on him anymore. So this is a gigantic year for him, and you would think you think he'd realize that. You know what I want Clay Buckholz to do? What? And this is completely on. I want him to walk in day one, spring training, first day official workouts. I know they're already there, but first day walk in and go, okay, look, everyone just suck it up and get some balls and just be a leader for once. Because, uh, like you said, he's never had. He's always had people there to back him up. He's had the John Lester's of the world. He had Lackey there to be the voice of uh, unraising, really, when someone needed to get yelled at. I'm sure Lackey was the one to do it. Uh, before that, Josh Beckett was always there, being the bad guy in the locker room. I don't want him to be a bad guy, but I need him to have a voice. I need him to grow a pair and have a voice and pitch well and really reach down because I feel like his mechanics aren't completely the problem. I feel like it's half. It's more than half mental with him. I'm pretty sure it's like 70% mental with play buckles right probably now. Probably more than that. <laughs> it might actually be 90. It might yeah, be yeah, probably like 80 I to 90, yeah. I don't think it's 100% mental. 
I don't. I think there are obviously always mechanical issues, whether you're pitching or not, whether you're pitching now or you're pitching when you first start, because baseball is a game of small fixes, especially when you're a pitcher. And I, So I get that it's not going to be ever 100% mental, but let's be honest. I think, like you said, between 70 and 80 percent, my eyes, is what it is right now mental for Clay Buckholz. And if he comes out and has a rough spring and can't get it going in April, it might even be go to 85 and 90 again and jump even higher. It's just he's got to come out and pitch well out of the gate to kind of calm himself down because you know in the back of his head he knows what everyone, including ourselves now on Red Sox beat or say, you got to do it. you got to come out. you got to get out of your shell. you got to get your head out of your rear end and just pitch. But I just pitch, be a leader too. He's got multiple responsibilities. And I do completely agree with you. Spring training is very important as well because if if he, like you said, if he just pitches like crap and is just like like not taking responsibility for what he's doing and not speaking up or anything, then no one's really going to take him seriously for the season. So it really does start like right away. And none of us even like sit here and watch him and usually spring training doesn't matter much to most most fans it's just a matter of okay they're kind of playing it's exciting but like april's when everyone gets pumped you know opening day comes and everyone's like oh my god i'm gonna skip work i'm gonna watch it during class which i've done multiple times yeah it's just you have to every it's a, it's a holiday around especially around in a, in a town like this where everyone loves baseball around here for the most part so it's it's a big thing to relish, and obviously, depending on how the red sox i mean the bruins and the celtics are doing at that point you might get more or less attention on it but it's still opening day, and it's just a feel around the city. Spring comes, especially this year, with all the crap and the snow we've had. Once baseball comes again, it's a, it's a relief. It's a sense of okay, winter's we're over. Going. <laughs> it's winter's over, and but yeah, when I'm close to it, hopefully, <laughs> but um, who knows? No guarantee. Um, but I I just think that going into it, it's this year. It's okay. People are really watching because at least for most baseball fans, are watching hard because the biggest question is rotation, and, and again, the biggest question is clay buckle. Yep, that's it. It's, everyone else is important, but he is the most important, and that's pretty clear, I think, to everybody that that this is this should be his team. I know people are looking at Rick Porcello to be the number one, but he just got here. There's no reason to put the pressure oh, not on, at all. on him to do that, so it's totally clay. Talent-wise, maybe right now, mm-hmm. Rick Porcello might be the most talented on the roster. I get that, but in terms of Clay Buckles, only knows the roster. Red Sox only knows going down to Fort Myers for spring training and pitching in Fenway Park for half of his starts. He gets how to play in the city. As much as mentally he might be a little weak once he gets on the mound, he does know how to handle being in the city. He's handled it well despite all of his troubles. So I think he he needs to be this leader. He knows how to deal with the Boston media. Rick Porcello is not going to pitch well the entire season, guys. Sorry, it's not going to happen. There's going to be a need of time where he needs to kind of bite through some bullets and really figure stuff out. Clay Buckholz is going to help him with that because from a pitcher – Pitching coaches and managers can only do so much. When you have a peer who really knows how, know what he's doing and can handle it, that's what helps you the most. When you have a friend and a peer and a coworker who can help you through those troubles. And expect Clay Buckholz to be that this year, because if not, he might get traded. Yeah, he very well could. And that's, that's the thing with, with Boston. Not, it's not for everyone. We saw that with Carl Crawford and people like that. Well, especially with Carl Crawford. He's like the worst one. Yeah, it's not, it's not for everybody, clearly. And obviously it is for Clay, because he wouldn't have lasted this long here if, if it wasn't for him. So he's got to... We got to see if all these guys are capable of fishing here, and yep, he's got to be the one. He's got to be the one to help him along with that, because I'm sure it's not easy. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have that much pressure on me. No, and so again, Claybaugh Colts is definitely going to be the leader of this team. Um, no, no questions about it. I don't think they're going to add an ace. I don't think this whole to kind of full circle here. I don't think this whole Cole Hamels thing is going to happen, despite the report that's come out. Obviously, we kind of feel like the Red Sox are going to make an offer, but the offer is not going to be real until they include a Mookie Betts in that offer, which I would do. But we don't need to dive into that too much until it actually becomes a reality. Um, Jess, moving on here, and 
this one, I almost kind of forgot about it, and then you brought it up, and then I read about it. But that whole A-Rod apology thing to the Yankees, um, I think it's just ridiculous. If you haven't heard, which I'm sure you all have by now, if you're listening to us, you must be a baseball fan. So, you probably heard by now that A-Rod met with Ga- uh, Cashman and all the Yan- and Yankees members. or uh, I don't really know who he met with completely, but I know there were a decent amount of authorities there in terms of the Yankees organization. And he apologized. He he sat down and apologized to the Yankees for all his, his, his the way he's been behaving the last couple of years and the issues he's had with the being suspended and all the PED use. He said he apologized for all of it. Um, another news today too, Jess, that the Yankees are giving him a chance to have a press conference to apologize to all of Major League Baseball. Gross. Sorry, but I don't think if you, I, I get the the apology thing for the, to the Yankees is one thing, and like you needed to do that. You needed to sit down and say I'm sorry, and I, I've, I've grown, and I, Halle Dobbs actually has grown, but he probably told him he'd grown as a man, and he, and he feels bad. But you, if you're the Yankees, don't give him the chance to apologize to Major League Baseball. Just let him show up and be a normal member. If you're giving him all this attention, he's still not. He's still a rod. You need to you need to just have him come to spring training next week, and just play baseball, and that's it. Well, here's my thoughts on it. I think it's extremely stupid for one single reason, and that's one single reason is if you are having a guy have the opportunity to apologize to everybody, the, the fans and everybody like that, if you're if you're giving him a chance to do that, this guy should not be on your team or in the league. It is the stupidest thing. There, I think it's so dumb to even like have him back on the team. Like he should just retire. Like. He needs to get out. Everybody hates his guts. He's completely screwed up everything. And it's like having to do like all this apology stuff. It's like, no, either like I get why they're doing it because of everything that's happened, but that's why he shouldn't be playing. So it's just, I, I think this is the dumbest thing and it's just going to be a train wreck for them from the start. And okay. But you know that if you know, he's not going to retire because there's too much money at stake for him. Right. He's, I don't even, I, I can look, I'm going to look it up quickly, but the the even just the bonus for hitting six more home runs when he passes Willie Mays that's a huge bonus in his contract never mind his actual salary that he's owed this dude is not going anywhere because he is a greedy bastard and he all he wants to do is make his money yeah unfortunately and, and we and that's how that's how it's been since day one that's how it was when he um got traded to the Yankees when they signed a new contract there because when he signed that contract in Texas that was the contract that went with him to New York and that was a huge contract and that was I believe decent amount of time ago now, obviously, but like him getting traded to the Yankees was the best thing that ever happened to the Red Sox, but yeah. worst thing that ever could have happened to him, because he clearly can't handle playing in New York. He clearly can't handle playing at all, because he needs steroids constantly to do it. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> I know, I hate I hate the money thing, like I wish, like, money aside that they could just be like, alright, you completely screwed up, like, there's no reason for you to be in the public eye anymore, you need to just leave and get out of here, and obviously exactly. it doesn't work that way with money, but it should work that way, because you, this guy could not have screwed more things up than he did. Like after the already the first the first steroid thing from from the Rangers. Okay, that that's like bad enough. But adding on top of that all this biogenesis stuff and all the reports that came out, all the stuff like all the meticulous detail that he went through to get the steroids at the perfect time to do all, all this to hit. It's just it's so terrible. Like I I can't even like imagine doing that or or being him, and then getting caught for it all and everything, it's just, like, such a disaster. Like, just go and hide and, like, never come out, because you, there's not, you, I, I, there's no <laughs> way you can find one person who likes this guy after all this. It's just, it's so stupid. I can't even, I, I, every time I see his name, I, like, cringe. I just can't even stand him. When A-Rod signed a 10-year, $275 million contract 
and that was when he was with the Rangers. Then he got traded to the Yankees. He was he had a signing bonus of ten million dollars. Ten million dollars just to sign his name on a damn piece of paper. <laughs> Sorry, that's annoying to me. Yeah, that's really as much annoying. as I get I get all of professional sports making money, but like come on. Um two thousand fifteen base salary this year is twenty one million dollars with an extra million because his signing bonus has been spread out course of the contract. So he makes another million dollars off that signing bonus this year. So his total salary this year is $22 million plus the bonus for getting past Willie Mays. Mm. He doesn't deserve, deserve a dime of it, first of all. He doesn't deserve anything. He doesn't deserve a single dime of it. But I just feel like the Yankees are trying to get out of that whole signing bonus, uh, not the signing bonus, the home run bonus. But they won't. I highly doubt they're going to be able to get out of that. Um, all this money is owed to him through 2017. 2018, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. You can't trade the guy. No one wants him. Yeah, of course no nobody one, wants him. <laughs> no, one, no one's going to take the show that comes with Alex Rodriguez or the contract that comes with Alex Rodriguez. Or the cheating He's that comes not, with Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> exactly. There's no, there's no way that he restructures this contract. And for me, it's you're going to have to deal with him through 2017 if you're the Yankees. Man. It's and just, I don't even like. Terrible. What are you going to do with him? He's probably going to be your DH, and he can't hit a lick, and especially in the playoffs, if he, if they can get there. And it's just you just signed Chase Headley to to a, I think it was a three year deal. Yeah. He's your third baseman. I don't think it even makes sense to consider a Rod as your third baseman because what signs are you sending to Headley? What signs are you seeing, uh, sending to your fans? Who most of them in New York don't even like a Rod either. Nobody likes him. Why would anybody like so, him? <laughs> so what are you sending? To, what what message are you sending? And obviously, mes- sending messages aren't the first priority in winning baseball games. But at this point, I don't think you can even think about starting a Rod at third. No, he's so old, and Headley's a good player, and. Nobody even wants to see Arod play in the first place, so I think you should DH, play very rarely, never hit any home runs, never pass Willie Mays, just kind of fade, <laughs> just fade into nothing and like barely play and like play occasionally to make him happy. And ugh. okay, well as a Red Sox fan, yes, I wish all of that. <laughs> I, wish not, I wish nothing for him. I have, but trouble, as a, I have I, trouble like separating like Red Sox fandom from like other stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's definitely hard when you're a me- member of the Red Sox nation, but. uh I will say, as a unbiased for an unbiased opinion, as best as I can say, I still don't think he deserves any of it. No, even how could as he? Red Sox, as a Red Sox fan, I wish most worst upon him, except for like death. Right. But no, I just want him to whatever he doesn't. No, no death involved. He can just he just needs to like go somewhere else away. and just leave. Go, go make your money off of your sponsorships and do all your appearances and whatever. Right. Go, go take your steroids. Not playing baseball. Yeah. No one cares. We don't need you in this league. It's been, exactly. it's been great not having him in the league. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need him to come back. <laughs> so that being said, A-Rod's due $22 million this year. Oh, Issued, is issuing apologies. Um, there's issues in the Bronx, no question about it. Um, I'm glad it's not the Red Sox who have to deal with it. Thank God. No, I think the Red Sox are in a great position. I think they definitely got benefited from not having him play, play here Can you when that happened. He here? Oh, God. I can't get over. It. I still think about it, and you still think about the fact that there's a contract with his name somewhere on it with the Red Sox letterhead on it. It's just <laughs> amazing to me because he did sign a Red Sox contract, and then he just didn't end up falling. I think it was a league veto or something like that, as far as I remember. But that being said, thank God he's not here. Thank God he's not our problem, and it's the Yankees' problem. And who knows what the Yankees are going to do? We will preview the Yankees uh, next week on Red Sox beat. And part of our Red Sox, part of our spring training AL East preview leading up to spring training workouts, we'll preview every team. Uh, a little, little later in the show, we're going to get to the Tampa Bay Rays. As abysmal as they are, we got to do it. Um, and then next week, we've already done the Orioles and the Blue Jays, so you can obviously go back to our shows and listen to those as well. 
and see what you see what we thought about the Blue Jays and the Orioles. We all made our prediction for where we're gonna think they'll be in the uh, the division, and then we'll finish up in a couple weeks with the Red Sox, and obviously we're gonna do them last, and then we'll do a full out what, recap of what we think the division's gonna look like and all that stuff, and then well, at that point we'll be in a couple weeks into spring training, so it'll be great. But uh, I want to I want to just get your take on one thing before we. Move on to other stuff. Just a quick, yeah. quick thing. Uh, since we're on the Yankees topic, there for a second. Uh, Andy Pettit is going to use number retired by the Yankees. Do you think that's think that's a good idea? Oh, I was going to talk about that later. Good job. All right. Well, I just, yeah. I mean, we're, Wait, way to be ahead of the curve. We're talking about it was going to be. We we're talking about Yankees with performing enhancing drugs. It so. worked. <laughs> it works for me. Um, yeah. No, I think honestly, I think he deserves it. I really do. I think Andy Pettit's one of the greater pitchers to pitch. Um, Even with his accusations. Yes, because it hasn't been a key. I, I just think. You're innocent until proven guilty, and I, I just think also that with all the steroid era situation that happened, and I'm going to kind of stick to my origin. My I want to stay consistent with my opinion too. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I really do believe that all the steroid era people should be in the Hall of Fame. So with that being said, I think Eddie Pettit deserves a little recognition for his career at Yankee Stadium, what he meant to the Yankees over the course of his couple tenures there, I just really think it, it, it matters. I don't think it's going to be weird. It would be weird seeing anyone else wear his number, and I just think that anyone sees 46 in a Yankee uniform, they're going to think Andy Pettit, and it just would be wrong if anyone else wore it, and I just think it makes sense. And to, to think he's going to be out there in Monument Park next to Babe Ruth is kind of weird, but I, I think overall it's fine. I mean, I'm not completely 100% on it. I just, I'm just i also not 100% against it. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. Good good for you, Andy Pettit. Now, if it was Roger Clemens, did he get one? Is Roger Clemens out there? I don't know, actually. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, if he is, I'm wrong. But if he isn't, then good. <laughs> uh, but then the Red Sox did honor him, so it's just kind of a mixed feelings. But... Um, I think I think Andy Pettit deserves the recognition. He was great for the Yankees and all in their historic runs and all their World Series titles. And I just think, honestly, all four, the big four, should get recognition in terms of him, Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, and Jorge Posada. I, re- I feel like all those four came up together, and I really think they deserve the recognition. Now, Bernie Williams, I don't think deserves a monument, and neither does Jorge Posada. But obviously, Jeter's going to get one. Um, of course, <laughs> eventually. And uh, Andy Pettit deserves one too. So I, I think, as much as I'm a Red Sox fan, I think it makes the most sense. I really, I just think it works. I don't really have an opinion on it. I don't. Then why did you ask me for mine? Well, I mean, because you have, you have an opinion on. You have it. opinions on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do have a very, I do have a heavy load of opinions. Yeah, you do. So, and that's okay. I'm very, I'm a very opinionated person. If you all haven't figured that out by now, and that's not a bad thing. But I mean, no, great for this business. Yeah, it is. I don't know. For me, well, yeah, it's. I agree. You kind of think of kind of think of the Yankees, and you kind of think of Andy Pettit because he pitched there for a hefty amount of time, and yeah, the World Series and everything, and 256 wins. He had a great career. I mean, I don't like the performance enhancing stuff. Clearly, I've made that clear. So, if he actually did do that and everything, then not ha- I'm not happy about that. But if you're just looking at his baseball work and just kind of putting his name to the Yankee Yankee logo, I mean, it makes sense. But I. That's why I don't really have an opinion on it, because like, I guess it makes sense, but I don't really... I don't know. I just... Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what to say. With, with whatever, we're going to move on. Exactly. Actually, I want to I mention one more thing before we move what? on to, to your topics, um, just because I keep, I keep seeing stuff. Uh, Jason Giambi retired just now. 
Oh, official! Wow. Yeah, right. like Good. officially, Go. like just now, as of like five minutes ago, he retired. <laughs> Good. So Shit. another former Yankee. Yeah, great. Where was he playing last year? Uh, Cleveland. Yep, Cleveland. Cleveland. He's That's so right. old. Like he was just like really gray old. beard and everything. It was it was pretty funny. He, but... he shouldn't be playing anymore. No. no. He made the right decision. <laughs> okay, A Rod, follow suit. Go retire. Yeah, really. <laughs> take 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 a hint. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Just walk. Just leave. Um, but yeah, okay. So breaking news: Jason Giambi just retired from Major League Baseball. Good. Um, we care that much, but decent career for Giambi wasn't yeah. the best. wasn't the All Star every year, but like he had a decent career, especially in his prime. Yeah, I mean, he had 2,000 hits and 440 home runs. That's that's a good career. Can't complain. Maybe not Hall of Fame worthy. Maybe, depending on the situation and who's in that class that year. We'll see, eventually down the road. Yeah, but more um, steroid talk, though, like, everybody. Exactly. God, it's, it's so it's, annoying. It's, 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 it's going to happen. I think, it's never ending. I forget where I read it off topic here I, I, with the whole steroid and Hall of Fame thing. I, somewhere I wrote it that someone basically called out all the writers and said, like, oh, I think it was um, Manfred. I think it was the new commissioner and said, like, they need to consider putting all those steroid guys in the Hall of Fame. Really? And, like, the writers need to get basically – get their heads out of their butts, and figure it out. That's the second time you used that phrase today. I love it. It's, well, it's, it's nicer than what I was going to say. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of have to hold myself back. But, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm think i pretty sure it was him who said it. And I, I just I applaud him for it, because I, I really think that they all should be in the Hall of Fame. See, I don't. I don't, I don't see any reason they should be. If you're accused okay. of it, I just I don't, I don't see it. This is an argument for another day because I can go like three hours on this. But yeah. uh, moving forward, before we move on, don't forget, folks, to, don't forget friends and families and whoever's listening to us that this episode of Red Sox Beat and all of Red Sox Beats brought to you by Lynda.com. If you go to Lynda.com, L with a y, Linda with a Y, backslash CLNS, so you get a free 10-day trial over 4,500 different courses. Broaden your horizon, become a better human being, all that good stuff. It's a bunch of good stuff on there, uh, and it'll teach you with all professional taught courses and experts up there, so go check that out and get your ten, free 10-day trial today at lynda.com backslash CLNS. Uh, moving forward here with the Red Sox beat, it is February 16th, just after Valentine's Day. Uh, I had a great Valentine's Day. I know you had a girlfriend, so you probably had a great Valentine's Day too, Jess. Well, she was working during it, so... <laughs> okay, well... But I saw her the night of it for a couple hours at like 11 o'clock, so that was good at least. So, Valentine's Day is over. We're moving on. Uh... My birthday's in a couple weeks. No way. Yeah. Old 23. Feeling old. Wait, you're going to be 23? Yep. Alright, so I'm older than you. Ha! <laughs> I win. I say, is that a win, though? I don't know. At this point? Probably not, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I'm only, I'm only, uh, like, six months older than you, so it's not, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we're anyway, we're all old. Yeah, we'll... We're all old. We're all getting old. We're all getting there. Um... Anyway, we'll move on here. Um, one thing I really did want to talk about was the report that MLB is considering shrinking the strike zone. Now, this this is for, the would be the 2016 season. It's not this year, people. It's not that quick. Don't worry. Um, the report is that Major League Baseball is considering sh- shrinking the strike zone, and what they're talking about is going from the bottom of the kneecap to the top of the kneecap so that you kind of, you're limiting the knees. Um, I don't know if this pushes up the strike zone completely to, like, basically up to the letters where it should be on the jersey. Um, I'm going to tie this to the Red Sox in a second, but I think from a league point of view, I think the point of doing this is just trying to get offense back into the game, which kind of is hypocritical against their point of trying to shorten games because you're going to have more offense. The more offense you have, the longer the games are going to be. That's just common sense. But, And I think a lot of generic fans and 
Pink Hat fans, if you want, for lack of a better term, are there for the offense and are there for the home runs and all that stuff. So I think it's kind of hypocritical even for fans to say, I want a shorter game, but I want more offense. It just can't happen. But um, I think the point, from a league point of view, the point of the strike zone is to kind of increase offense because since they banned steroids, the offense has gone down. Yeah, which makes sense. But I don't know. It's like picky details, like changing it just a little bit. I have to say just keep it the same. I don't really see the point in, in changing it. And I don't think it's going to add that much offense if you change it just a little bit like that. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a, much of a point. I don't think that's the way to to get more offense in the game. And like you said, if you're trying to shorten the games, more offense is certainly not going to do that. So I don't really see the point of it. I think what adds more offense is just there will be more base runners because you'll have more walks. Yep. And then you'll have more chances of grand slams and big plays during the later innings because pitchers might get squeezed on a low ball or something like that. And I think that um, from a Red Sox point of view, this year it's not as big of a deal. Um, obviously, all the pitchers they just signed, and this is where I'm kind of trying to tie it in, is just that all the pitchers you just signed are low ball pitchers. They're all sinker pitchers. They all pitch below the strike zone. They all try to get yelled down ball and ground balls. That's how they are. And Rick Porcello, Claypot, Coles, Wade Miley, all of them, especially Justin Masterson, they're all low ball pitchers. Now, a couple, I don't know, I, I believe it's Rick Porcello's the big one that's not signed through next year. But you have Wade Miley signed for three years. And if this was to change, you're tightening up his hot zones, basically, at the bottom of the strike zone, and you might get him squeezed a couple pitches where it would have been strike three calls, and you might have more walks, and you might be pissed if you're the Red Sox, and you might say, why, of course, we signed all sinker ball pitchers, and now you're screwing us over. Right. Yeah, no, it definitely would be bad for the Red Sox, but the way I see it is that pitching's hard enough as it is. Getting getting strikeouts and everything, I mean, there's, there's so many walks as it is, because I don't really think the strike zone is that big now. It just I don't know. Okay, by the book, by the book it is big. They just don't they don't um, follow by it, the book, right? How it's called, it's not. That isn't big. it by the book? It's technically from the top of the letters on the jersey to like the bottom Jeez, of the knee. Yeah, which it totally isn't. Which is huge if you actually call it that. But I'm pretty sure they call it like below the letters to like the bottom of the knee. Yeah, it's not. It's not a very big strike zone, so I think making, no. making it smaller is probably a bad idea. I think. Pitching's difficult. I mean, I went, you were a pitcher. I, I wasn't a pitcher, and every time I, I was, I was, every time I tried to pitch, I was terrible. So I can't imagine having a smaller <laughs> strike zone. It's hard enough to hit it in that little little box as it is. So, <laughs> but isn't also another problem too, Jess? And this is kind of going from the other side of it. Like if you shrink it, then you're going to have the judgment of the ump even tr- shrink it even more. Right. Because it, you, technically, if you're shrinking the by the book strike zone, you're shrinking that would currently from the bottom of the letters to the bottom of the knee which goes from like the top of the letters to the top, which it might not even shrink that much. But if you're shrinking it, you're going to get a smaller strike zone during the games than you are do now because the strike zone is smaller in the games than it is by the book. It's just the way it is because of, pers- like, because of human instinct and by the ump to not call exactly the same thing every time. Yeah, no, it's just going to shrink, sure it's gonna shrink even more yeah, sure if you shrink it by the book. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any way it wouldn't because it's, it's up to them and yeah, it's already happening, so... Exactly, I, I so it's a terrible idea. It's really, it's stupid. I think it's stupid. I think you have so many other ways you could possibly go about changing the game. Look, the pitch clock's going to be in, in minor league baseball this year. You can limit the uh, amount of time you have in between bat- batters stepping out of the box in between pitches. Uh, commercial breaks can be shorter. Sorry, you lose a little money, but you might gain it back by people actually watching. Right. Um, <laughs> like, you have so many other ways, and that's just off the top of my head, that you could change. And I'm sure, I know, you know they have a committee 
dedicated to this. So this is the idea you come up with to get fans to watch baseball? No, because you're going to get complaints about how long the games are. Yeah, and that's the big that's the big thing because if you add offense to this game, if you add if you shrink the strike zone, you're going to get more walks. Walks are boring. Yeah, nobody wants. To I'm see a baseball. Walks. Fan. I don't yeah. want to see walks. I don't want to see them. No, I don't. I hate walks. I'm a baseball guy. If you make the strike zone small, you're going to see more walks. Games are going to be drawn out, especially in the ninth inning when games are usually wrapped up. You might get a little couple more exciting finishes, but that might add another half hour onto the game. Yeah, I mean, I like walks, but not when it's not when it's the other team. But the idea of walks in the grand theme of a baseball game aren't doesn't mean that much. Well, yeah, nobody comes to baseball games to get walks. Nobody really even gets excited about walks when you're there. Yeah, if you're a pitcher, I mean, if you're a hitter, you don't want to get walked. You do in certain situations, but like you want to hit the ball. Right. And as a pitcher, obviously, you don't want to walk somebody. Because then you're terrible. As a fan, <laughs> exactly, and then that means you become Clay Buckles. <laughs> as a fan, you don't want. I'm not paying god amounts of money to go to Fenway Park to watch someone walk somebody. No. And I get the point. I'm paying to go watch some baseball. I'm paying to watch offense. But I'm, I, I'm a guy who likes a good pitcher's duel. If you shrink the strike zone, I'm getting walks, no pitcher's duel, and terrible offense. That's, that's a lose-lose-lose to me. And that's going to make me not want to go. I didn't go to Fenway at all last, last summer. Wow. I, I didn't go. I refused. How? And, How's that possible? Um, yeah, I know, I know. It was tough. Um... It wasn't me making as much of a statement, but then towards the end of the year, I just didn't find any interest in going. And like, which is really hypocritical of me, actually, because I went during the Bobby V year because it was so cheap. But I go all the time, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's how I am with Celtic teams. But like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and oh, I know. And it's it's, but like for the Red Sox last year, it was okay. Beginning of the year, they were kind of expensive, but they were okay. And they slowly started losing, and they traded everybody away. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay through the roof to watch Triple A team when I can go watch a Triple A team. <laughs> That's a funny way to put and, it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to pay, I don't even know how much it's to sit in the balcony right now, a decent amount, or sit like sit in the bleachers to watch a team I could go wa- drive down to Pawtucket or go watch someone else's farm team in Manchester, New Hampshire. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just going to go watch my early game. So that's why I didn't go last year. But I'm hoping I'll go. I've already got two two games going this year. So Nice. I'll, I'll break that. I just go as, I, as it happens, and it usually ends up being between, like, five and seven games for a year, so... Yeah, I got tickets to go to the uh, Pedro get plaque giveaway night in July. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's very exciting. First thousand fans in get a Fenway uh, get a replica plaque of uh, Pedro's Hall of Fame plaque. So you got to get there really early. Yeah, I'm banking on it. You got to. Like, you got to be there. I'll just drink. I'll just drink a little more. It's fine. <laughs> you got to get there <laughs> um, <mad> early. <laughs> no, I'm planning on it. Yeah, I'm hoping. But yeah, so that'd be cool. But yeah, so I'm, I'm already going to break that this year before the season even started. Good. But um, that's how it should be. <laughs> It's hard not to go to Fenway. I'm disappointed in you that you didn't go. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself now that I think about it. It was hard. Yeah, you should be. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting year. But, yeah, baseball's stupid is what I'm considering with this r- report to be. And if they actually go through with this, That'd be so dumb. You might, you're going to hear from me. I'm going to be a little pissed. Oh, you'll hear from me, too. Yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not fun. So um, that, that's another report coming out of Major League Baseball. Um, obviously, we'll monitor that throughout the season. It's not going to happen this year, folks. Again, don't freak out it's not coming into your team this year it's not going to have an in, in, issue this year it's not going to be an issue this year so we'll just kind of leave it at that for now and we'll keep it monitored obviously anything breaking we'll bring to you on CLNS radio so stay tuned for that uh moving forward i want to do this now just i kind of sprung this on you before the show so i put it off towards the end here but um, <laughs> i want to go through and i saw an article in the boston globe i'll give them their credit and they did it was a nick cafardo article he ranked all of major league baseball's managers for the 2015 season going into the season 
I'm not going to sit here and rank all of them. I don't want to do that's that. That's hard to do. No, that's hard. And I, obviously, he's a great writer, and he had his time to write the article. But I want to do our top, for each of us, our top five managers in baseball. And they might be kind of similar because names are up there, and they're kind of hard to pull names off. And but, now I'm kind of, like, swayed by what he said. <laughs> yeah, and okay, I'm going to read what the article said just to give you a framework of what he thinks is the top talent. And this is a guy who covers baseball. He covers the Red Sox as a beat reporter. So he has, one, Bruce Bochy is the Giants. Two, Buck Walter of the Orioles. Three, Joe Madden, Cubs. Four, uh, Terry Francona, our old friend over there in Cleveland. And five, Bob Melvin in Oakland. That's his top five. Um, just go. Oh, I'm first? <laughs> is basically what I'm doing. Just go. You want me to go? Do you, do you need more time to think about it? Um, yeah. Go for it. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I'll be I'll nice to you, for you though. I'll be nice to you, Jess. All right. So my top five. I think I have to do, but Bruce Bochy first. I think I had him before this article. I, he's just the way he's managed. He's won um, three championships in the last five seasons. He's really made a dynasty for what it's worth in San Francisco. I think it's going to help even more if he does success, has success this year with losing Pablo Sandoval. Um, but I, I think. He really is the best manager in baseball right now. I'm not saying he's always had the most talent, but I think he has the best managerial talent at the moment. I think he's the best one. So Bruce Bochy is my top um, manager in the league. I think I have to put Joe Madden at two. Um, but I obviously would be hesitant to give him the top spot. I think he's a great manager. I think he is definitely top two worthy. If he does something with the Cubs this year that all of us aren't expecting, which is a very good possibility because I do have some young talent and he's the guy to harness that young talent. So I think if anyone could do it, it'd be him. If he does something great this year, I, I got to put him over Bochi just because of what he can do with the Chicago Cubs team, especially if they win that division somehow. Um, but yeah, so I put Joe Madden at two. So Bochi, Madden, then I put, um, I put Terry Francona at three over there in Cleveland. I think he's a great manager. We saw him what he did here in Boston. Um, and I think he's a player's manager. Obviously not most, it's not all teams like to have a player manager. I think you saw what happens if that gets too friendly here in Boston with the whole chicken and beer thing, but Terry Franklin is a solid manager. He brings great attributes. He knows he's a great pitching staff um, friendly worker as uh, manager as well, but I think he knows the game so well that he doesn't really... You never really question him as much as you question other managers. Um, so he's three, so right now, again, I have Bruce Bochy at one, Buck Schol- uh No, not Buck Schulter. Joe Madden at two, Terry Francona at three, I'm going to put Mike Sosha of the Angels at four. I I really do like him there. I do like him at four. He's a great manager. Um, um, He really, he's got, like, like he really has nothing left to show us except for winning. I think that he's four because he hasn't won yet, but he shows that he can manage um, a a roster full of stressful guys, high eagle guys like Albert Pujols. Mike Trout's over there. Josh Hamilton's having issues now, and he's the guy who I think he's the best guy fit for that kind of issue. He likes working under stress, and I think you're getting a, you have a lot of stress without much talent in your roster over there in L.A. So I, I think the Angels and uh, obviously the Angels and Sosha are a great fit, but I think that he is definitely for me four out of my top five, and my fifth um, I have to give it to Clint Hurdle of the Pirates. Um, He's he's kind of like a younger not not really younger version I guess he is younger but um, I think Bob uh, Clint Hurdle is kind of like Joe Madden in a way where he's really good with young guys you kind of saw it with him and McCutcheon and then this young Pirates crew and I just think that he is really a up and coming guy if he if he's not already on the scene in my opinion he is but obviously he's in my top five but I, I think the way he manages um, 
it's not really a motivating type. He just kind of leads by example and making the right decisions and not having a clubhouse that kind of goes away. But I think that he's definitely five, in my opinion. So, again, top five for me is Bruce Bochy, then Joe Madden, Terry Francona at three over there in Cleveland. Then you have Mike Socha at four, obviously, with the Angels. And the Pirates manager, Clint Hurdle, rounds out my top five with the Pirates. Um, notables I left off, Buck Showalter with the Orioles, who, who was at two in this article. Uh, Bob Melvin over there at the A's. I did leave off John Farrell. Sorry, not that great of a manager. Um, and... Also, uh, Mike Matheny, the Cardinals, who's had great success and consistency there in St. Louis since he took over. But I think he was just kind of handed a successful team and a great program in terms of developing players and kind of having young guys come in. So he, I don't give him as much credit in terms of being a good manager as he was just handed a farm system that was fantastic. So there's my top five. Again, I, I didn't take too much effort in thinking about that. I just kind of... I just kind of how I felt going into the season. I think over I also took a matter of success over the last couple of years. Again, that's why Bochy's first. He's won three championships in five seasons. How hard to put that anywhere but one. So, um, And John Farrell and me can't have three out of four losing seasons and be in the top five. All right, fair enough. I like your list, but I'll give you something different. <laughs> so number one, I'm going Bochy as well. I will I will do that you, the same. You can't, you can't not. Yeah, I mean, three out of five is just crazy. I mean, everyone was calling... Francona, the best manager in the league, and he had two, and he had two out of four. So mm-hmm. three out of five is even better than that. So yeah, I go Bochy one. He's really knows how to manage his his team, and he does it he does it in a quiet way, which I like. I I, I think he's a great guy. So we'll go with Bochy for one. For two, I'm gonna go Terry Francona. Am I biased? Maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I like what he's done with Cleveland. I mean, they had that great that great winning streak to end the season, and he just, I don't know, he seems to just get good performances out of his guys, no matter what team he gets, besides when he started before the Red Sox, obviously, but that's okay. He did great with us, and he's a friendly guy, and people like him, and he clearly knows baseball extremely well. He What I liked about him a lot here was he always gave reasons for everything he did, and I think that's a good accountable manager, and, and I'm glad he's still managing, and I hope he continues to manage, because he's a great guy, and he's a great manager, so I'm putting him number two. He got his extension. Yeah, there you go. Go go Tito. Number three. I also funny I was doing this before you even before you even said it. Um I'm putting Mike Sosha third, even though Cafardo had him seven. There you go. He's had such Yeah, I think Cafardo underrated him. Yeah, he's had so much success and he's been there for so long and he just keeps putting together good teams. I know he they had several years where they didn't make the playoffs, but they still had a good team during that and I don't know, he's kind of that consistent force back there that everyone kind of just, like, takes for granted. It's like, oh, yeah, Socha's there. Well, like, he's been doing it for a long time, so I think he's 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 just a good manager, and he's a model for long-term success, which is always good to have. So I'm putting him three. Um, four, Joe Madden. I almost didn't want to put him in the top five, but I decided to afterwards because, yeah, he did, he did make a lot out of not a whole lot in Tampa Bay, and I like how he always tries to keep the clubhouse loose and spice it up with different things. I think that's all good stuff because people can get into walls and just do the same thing over and over again. I like he's it. a whack job. Yeah, I like it. He doesn't do that. It's fun. He's kind of <laughs> he's kind of unique. So I like him in terms of that. I would give him more credit if he won a championship, but hey, winning championships isn't easy. So you know that's. I don't think that's enough to keep him out of the top five. So I thought about it. Of course it, not. But we'll, we'll, we'll put him before there. That's cool. If that if that was enough to keep you out, then Socha wouldn't be there either. It's just hard to right. baseball. It's hard to win that much. So 
That's why Bochy's so impressive. <laughs> yeah, even more why Bochy should be number one. <laughs> you can't give everything to championships, but obviously it, it helps. Yep. And number five, I, I struggle with it between Buck Showalter and Mike Matheny, but I'm going with Showalter with Matheny Ooh. right on his tail. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Showalter because he kind of like Sosha has that kind of demeanor of just kind of just kind of being there, always helping out. He's he's serious, but he's he's clearly a good manager. He gets the best out of his players. He brought a Orioles team that was not good into contention and getting into the playoffs. And he seems to always make good decisions of who to bring in, when, and all that. So I think I'll give him five. But I do like Matheny, and although he has given a good a good team, he hasn't missed a beat, and he was a good catcher, and he just clearly just turned into a good manager right away after that, and so I think he'll be sticking around, whether it's with the Cardinals or with another team, but the Cardinals seem to keep their managers for quite a while, so I think he he may be there for a while. So Yeah, he's a long-termer, I think, in St. Louis. Yeah, I think so, too. So I'm, I, I, I almost want to give him, like, 5.5, because I feel like he shouldn't even, be, <laughs> shouldn't even be 6, but we'll go 5 for the sake of the top 5, and yeah, I left out Farrell, too, but if he has a couple more oh. good seasons, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be climbing up the ranks. Oh, yeah, he needs to balance out some wins. And some winning seasons before we yeah, can put have, some, have some consistency and season, season to season would be good. And consistently, since consistency losing is not a good consistency to put you in the top five either people. So don't throw that at us. No, but I still take I still take a championship and two losing seasons wrapped around it because championships are worth it. <laughs> oh, I would. I mean, I would take John Farrell over a lot of managers in this league. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. Right. Trust me, there's a lot of awful managers in this league. Yeah, there sure are. But I think he's not top five worthy just yet because there are. Also, it just also speaks to the names that we've been listing. That they're just there, and they just they especially because like Brute Bochy, again Showalter, I'd even put on my list, and he's a great manager. Um, you put Showalter low, basically saying Showalter might be a little overrated. Uh, Matheny's there. Matheny's a great up and coming manager. He'll be there for a while. So she might be a little underrated, but either way, there's our top five. Just want to recap them again. Just, yeah, your top five. So number one, Bruce Bochy. Number two, Terry Francona. Number three, Mike Sosha. Number four, Joe Madden. And number five, Buck Showalter. And Mike Matheny, hey. 5.5. 5.5, Mike Matheny. <laughs> I'd probably put Buck Showalter at 5.5 right. if you want to give me a 5.5. Because it was hard to leave Buck Showalter out of my top five. But and It was tough leaving Matheny out of mine. <laughs> and, I think, and I think Buck Showalter gets put right back in if he does something with the Orioles that they have, the way they are this year. Absolutely. Because they're not looking too hot. Um, either way, so there's our top five managers. I was intrigued by the idea of what Nick Cafardo did in the Globe, so I put out a little spin on it and did a top five, and I think I like the idea. We'll keep track of it, see how they do, yeah. see how our top five does this year. I'm, don't, don't be surprised if those those guys we listed has a, have decent years. Again, Joe Mann with the Cubs have potential. Francona and the Indians have potential to have bounce back year, potentially win their division. So it's definitely going to be an interesting year in baseball, so that's where we went for that one. Um, I was going to talk about Yoan Mankata, but I kind of want to hold off until that till next week because yeah, the potential the report, reports of him potentially deciding by the end of this week. So we'll talk about it next week because right now it seems like it's either Red Sox or Yankees. And next week we're previewing the Yankees for the AL East preview. So I kind of want I'm intrigued by the way that would make that preview even better. Yeah, we'll so we'll kind of we'll kind of we'll hold that off till next week. Little uh, radio programming note in my head. I just want to. Put that out there. So next week we'll talk about Moncada. So if you want, if you want to talk about him, if you want to listen about him, tune in next week. But uh, so we'll end the show this week doing the Tampa Bay Rays and our AL East preview leading up to spring training here. Um, so Tampa Bay Rays are just in a tough spot. They're young. They're not going to be that good this year. Um, the biggest thing I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of want to do 
their pitchers, and then obviously we kind of we kind of know who they have for their big hitters. Obviously, Longari is the big one. Um, they just traded Zobras, but I think the big one for me, the big two pitchers for me this year for the Rays are going to be Alex Cobb and Drew Smiley. I think, I think is that how you say his last name? Yep, that's just what I thought. Yep. It's not spelled the same as Wade Smiley, um, so I just wasn't sure, but, or whatever. But um, yeah, it's Smiley. Yes, it is Smiley. Okay, so Drew Smiley is big for me. He's also a lefty, so that helps. And he's young. He's only 26. Um, last year's ERA was a 3-6. Uh, Alex Cobb was a 3-1. I think Alex Cobb behind Tanaka is one of the top. It might be the best pitcher in the AL East. Um, that also speaks to how bad the AL East can be, potentially, with the pitchers. But um, I think he's the top pitcher in the AL East, and I think Cobb is probably going to be this the staff's one going in, obviously, and I think he's going to be the staff's MVP this year. And I think going into spring training, he's going to have to take a leadership role. He's 28 years old. He's the elder pitcher on the starting rotation, probably one of the older pitchers on the team, too. I think, uh, yeah, Kevin Jepsen's the only other one that's, like, older, and he's 31. So I think Cobb's going to have to take that role, like that Clay Buckholz role we talked about with the Red Sox. He's going to be that guy. Only Alex Cobb has the pitching to back it up at the moment. Um other than Buckles, of course, but I think Cobb is going to be the, the MVP I look forward to in terms of he being able to pitch and come up big this year for the Rays, especially after not having David Price anymore because that's how he got Drew Smiley, it's trading away for David, uh, trading David Price away. I don't know if he needed to do that if he were the Rays, but they seem pretty set on moving parts and moving him out of there. So I think that's a big thing to look look forward to this year. Um, Another big guy, another pitcher I look forward to watching with them is Chris Archer. I think he's a solid, solid relief guy. I think, and um, is he is he relief guy for them? Is he or is he starting now? He's starting he's now. Starting, yeah. He's starting now. So uh, he's going to be a middle of the rotation guy. I think Archer is going to be. He's a righty. His ERA was what? Let me see. It's right in front of me. Uh, three six six according to this. So I, I think he's going to be that middle of the road guy. Um, he's going to. He's definitely going to be behind Cobb and Smiley, and I think. You're going to look for those three guys, I think. Um, obviously, Jake or- Odorizzi is probably another guy to look forward to, too. But I think that Chris Archer is the, kind of that wild card in the staff, um, for me anyway. So, Jess, I want, I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. Just who – I kind of really don't get the MVP of the staff because we kind of know it's going to be Alex Cobb probably. Who, who would be your Rays rotation wild card? Guy bottom of the, from three down, who you think would make the most impact this year? Really? Well, I want to say Odorizzi because he's young. He's only twenty four. He'll be twenty five in a month, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I mean, he was pretty good last year. His ERA was just over four, and it was his first full season of pitching. He was eleven and thirteen, and he had one hundred and seventy four strikeouts, which is which is good. So yep. I think he has potential to be a, a solid pitcher. So I think that. If he can boost up his wins, lower his ERA slightly, and keep up the strikeouts, maybe get like 13 or 14 wins and have a pretty good record, that, that could be big for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's he's your wild card, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that would make him a good wild card choice for you, Jess, is just the age. He's because he's a younger guy, and if he can really pitch well and kind of show his success, then I think he, he's going to be big for them in a season that doesn't look too promising. Yeah, their rotation's pretty shaky. It's it's like the Red Sox, except. Not as less, not less as, talented. Yeah, not as much like proven talent at all. With, with yeah, Red Sox fans, if you're worried about our rotation, just go look at the Rays rotation. You'll feel a little better. Yeah, Archer and Odorizzi. I mean, like they're all they're all young guys who who don't have a whole lot of a lot of years to to go off of. Just do you see? Really I, I'm questioning this. Do you see Cobb as an ace, a true ace? 
Is he a true ace in this league? I think so. I mean, he had a number of really, really, really good good starts last year, and he didn't get run support, obviously, but his ERA was fantastic. I think, I don't know about an ace, but, like, definitely the best pitcher on his staff. I don't know if you, I guess, I guess you would call it an ace, but I don't know. He's, if he can get some run support, because he always gets around 10 or 11 wins, but his ERA is always pretty solid. So I think he's, yeah, he has all kinds of potential to be, to be really good, and he's got that leg kick thing. He's pretty deceptive, so I, I like him a lot. If you're the Red Sox, come trade deadline, and they're losing, which was predicted that they will do the race, would you consider making an offer for that for Alex Cobb? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's, because he's a work. I haven't heard this anywhere. I haven't heard this anywhere. This is just me co- coming out of the top of my head. Right. But I, I think it'd be a good fit. Yeah, I do too. I think he's, he goes out there and pitches. He's, he's a solid pitcher, and, and, uh, yeah. I don't have anything to say. I think I just think he's. I like what I've seen from him in the starts that I've seen him pitch. And he's only 28, so if the Red Sox were to get him for any reason, good amount of pitching left in that guy. So either way, they're going to be bad this year. That's all I know. Staff Alex Cobb MVP definitely has got to be. That'll be the leader of that staff. Moving on to the Rays uh, position players, we all know Evan Longoria is still there, and I think he's going to probably be the best player on the field still because he is. He's 30 years old now, and he's he's and he's a leader of that team on a young team and a team that's probably not going to do too hot. I think, for me, my MVP for this year for them has to be Evan Longoria, but I think you have a good chance of um, having a Struble Cabrera be a good um, a good second option there at second base. Obviously, you know Escobar and Ben Zobrist are no longer there, so that's a big hit on them as well. I forgot I think to get really, Cabrera. Yeah, they, they did get Cabrera, so I think it's a big, that's a big setup for them. Um, that middle infield is not going to be too bad. Um, you did lose Escobar though, trading with that in that Zilvers trade. But I will say that you will, you'll probably see uh, some more Nick Franklin who came over in that trade. I think no, he didn't come over in that trade. He was um, he was he was on their bench. I think you'll see more of Nick Franklin who's a young guy coming out of them as well. But I think the biggest wild card for me is going to be I don't even know maybe Desmond Jennings. Just I don't because he hasn't had too many great years lately in terms of. Success uh, last year he had 48 RBIs and 12 home runs. I know he's a leadoff hitter, but he's he was only hitting 251 last year. So I think I think for me for that t- this team to be any good at all, I think Desmond Jennings has to have a successful, somewhat of a successful season. That's exactly what I was going to say for my wild card was was Jennings because he has been on the team his whole career and he's I mean he didn't play a whole lot his first two years, but he's played a lot more over 123 games the last three years. So, I think that if he can have a big gear, because, yeah, he has been kind of shaky, I think that he would definitely be someone who could benefit them if he could have a good year. And Cabrera, too, I mean, he's he has been good in his career for a couple of years, and then he's really fallen off the last two years. So, if he can get back what he had before in Cleveland you know, during the 2011 and 12 seasons and get his average back up and hit over 20 home runs and such, then that would be huge for them. I don't know if he will, but... I think that those two guys are capable of more, and they've been slacking recently. So if they can sh- turn out to be good players along with Longoria, then they might have a little something going there. Yeah, I, I agree. A little something is still not a lot, though. And I think this league, this this team is going to be bottom of the barrel in this division. Um, and that's my official prediction, throwing that out there. Uh, they're going to be last. I don't think there's any way around it. I don't think they can handle being... This this young with with this kind of iffy of a staff with a new manager and it's just I I think they're kind of 
destined to be bottom of the division, I think, in my opinion, Jess. I think they're going to go fourth. I'm picking the Yankees below them. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the Yankees. I think a going to be too big of a distraction. I think they're going to fall apart. I think they're going downhill. No Jeter. Eh. Don't like him. Go Rays. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, so you have you have the Rays finishing fourth. I have them finishing fifth. Um, the word the Yankees finished were kind of depending on whether they got Yohan Moncada or not. Um, I don't even know if Moncada would have a big impact this year. He might have to get some time Triple A just to kind of develop his game at the, in in the states. But either way, I have the Rays dead last. No chance. Yankees. We'll get to them next week. Yeah, we'll get to the horrific. Awfulness! It's going to be the Yankees next week. But we hope. Uh, you have the Rays finishing dead last. No, um, you have the Rays finishing dead last. No, no, I mean you have the Rays. The Yankees finish dead last. Yeah. But you have the Rays finish fourth. fourth. Yeah. Uh, so either way, it's still bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So not going to the playoffs, that's for sure. That being said, I've got two teams left to uh, go at it here for the AL East preview leading up to spring training here on Red Sox beat for CLNS Radio. You know who it is: it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. Of course, we're going to save them for last. Next week, we'll hit on the Yankees. The week after, we'll do the, yours, Boston Red Sox. Give you a preview there where we're going th- to finish off. If you don't want to wait and figure out, we'll also give you a, a recap at the end of what we have our division looking like. If you don't want to wait, go listen to the rest of our episodes in the past. We'll, uh, and you can listen to where we had each of our teams, and, we'll, and you can put the math together and put two and two together, and you can have our divisions for each of us ahead of time before we even announce them <laughs> officially. Yeah. So um, either way, go listen to our old episodes because they're great, and they're informative, and we're awesome. So, uh, that being said, we're going to end this week there. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by lynda.com. Uh, you can get your 10 free, 10 day free trial now at lynda.com backslash CLNS. Go on there, claim it. 4,500 different courses, whether it's, you can learn new languages, uh, engineering, programming, um, you can learn Microsoft Word, all that stuff, Adobe Photoshop, everything's up there, taught by experts, a bunch of, if you can think of it, they probably have it on lynda.com. Go on and check it out right now. Get your free 10-day trial again. Lynda.com backslash CLNS Radio. And courtesy of CLNS Radio, of course, we'll give you a 10-day free trial there. Uh, Great, great sponsorship. Great program. Uh, Definitely go on and check it out. Um, Until next week, again, Jess Thomas, my new-time, full-time co-host here on Red Sox Beat. My name is Jared Scali. Enjoy the official start of spring training. Pitchers and catchers report Friday. Trucks down there unloading. Until then, uh, stay warm. Stay safe in the snow if you're up here in the Boston area. And um, until then, have a good week.